Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, this is Jesus Christ, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock, on the rock. And the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not, it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Father, add your blessings to the reading of your word. Hide us behind the middle cross. Lord, we can do nothing without you. And we pray, dear Father, that you would cause the seed that falls, that it would fall in good ground and certainly bring forth much fruit. In Christ's name we pray, amen. We want everyone to have an outline of the sermon today, please. If you do not have one in your possession, raise your hand and they will make sure that you get an outline. We want everyone to have an outline. I want to read one more verse of scripture taken from the wise men's writings, the book of Proverbs, chapter 24 and verse 3. Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. Now we usually have all of these words on the screen with the New King James and other translations. The only translation that we have on the screen today will be the King James Version. I do want to read this verse from Proverbs chapter 24 and verses 3 and 4 from Eugene Peterson's uh, analogy of the scripture. It's called the message. Listen to what it says. It takes wisdom to build a house and understanding to set it on a firm foundation. It takes knowledge to furnish its rooms with fine furniture and beautiful draperies. So it is important that we build on a good and proper foundation. Notice your notes. The parable of the wise and foolish builders both serves as a conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount and illustrates the absolute necessity of doing the will of God. Not just hearing the word, but also doing the will of God. This building metaphor should not surprise us as Jesus Christ himself was a carpenter. Number one, the builders, they were alike. They were alike in their need of a house. Everyone needs a refuge. Number two, or B, in their privilege, they were alike in their privileges. Both of them heard the word of God. C, in their efforts, they were both alike in their efforts. Both built a house. They both saw the necessity of certainly having a roof over their head. They both experienced storms. And in that both experienced the storms, and we talk, we're talking about the storms of life. And I'd like to ask you this morning, are you facing a storm? Every one of us, doesn't matter who we are, doesn't matter how young we are, doesn't matter how old we are, there are times that we face 
storms in our lives. I received a call this week from a local pastor. Pastor Jeff said, Pastor, I want to ask a favor of you. I would like for you to meet with me along with other ministers in the city to pray for a two-year-old that has a malignant tumor. They go to his church. He said, we've been praying as elders of the church. But God spoke to me and said to get the elders of the city to come together, anoint this two-year-old with oil and pray over him that we might be able to see him healed. I was supposed to meet with them on Guest Road. At one o'clock today, they have since gone to Duke Hospital because the little two-year-old is having seizures already. And so we we want to remember that family in prayer. And I'm here to say that all of us, no matter how young, no matter how old, we all face storms in our lives. Some ways that these two men were not alike. First of all, in their character. Our desire and our goal in order to be successful is to have good character. They were unalike in their choices. They had a decision to make. And every graduate... Every young man, every young lady, every mom, every dad, we make decisions concerning our lifestyle. We make decisions concerning our lives, and they made two different decisions. They were unlike in their faith and in their love. One of them was a hearer. The other one was a doer. One obeyed the word, one disobeyed the word. Notice not only the builders, but notice the foundations. Uh, One of them was sure. The other one was insecure. The first one built on sand. This person who builds on sand uh, probably did not intend for his house to fall. And when we start out in life, when we graduate from school high school or college and we go through life and we have our our professions and our career, none of us expect to fall. None of us expect not to succeed. This man that built on the sand probably had high hopes that his house would stand. A little preparation that he made. It's easy not to dig down to the rock It's easy not to have a solid foundation. A little change here, a little change there. We make and we might say, oh, I want to be able to have a good foundation. If you want to have a good foundation, you will put forth an effort. And sometimes you will work hard. And it is important that we understand that we must build on the rock and not on the sand. Second of all, the person that built on the sand, building on shifting sands of human philosophy, religious activity, many following, look at it, following God on their own terms, building on self-will, building on self-fulfillment, building on self-sufficiency, building on self-self-self-satisfaction, and building on self-righteousness. I'm here to tell you, 
If you build your life, if you build your home, not just your house, if you build it on these things, it will fall. If you build your career on things of selfishness, whatever it might be, it will fall. A life built on the sand requires no commitment. A life built on the sand requires no sacrifice. A life built on the sand requires no faith. And so we just haphazardly go through life not thinking about what we'll do. I was over at the mall yesterday over in Raleigh. I've never seen so many people in my life in that mall. People running, going here, shopping, buying. I mean, spending money, spending money. And we went to Conkeys, and you can't get out of there with a cheap bill. And it was full. They were waiting for hours to get at Conkeys. And I thought to myself, and listen, probably many of those people were born again, saved, ready to go to heaven if the rapture took place. But I wonder. Will we be like it was in the day of Noah when it began to rain and they knew not until the rains came? I'm looking at people going to and fro, active, doing all of these things. Are we really considering our life being built on a firm foundation? It makes me think. And then we have the foundation of the rock, which number one is Jesus Christ. Paul writing to the church at Corinth says in chapter 3 and verse 11, he said, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. It is important. My wife and I paid $15,500 for our first home back in 1967. You said that must have been a matchbox matchbox place. It was nice. It was brick. It had three bedrooms, one and a half baths. It was a nice house, and we paid $15,500. Our payment was $75 a month. I know we're laughing because, wow. Now, I know that was a long time ago, but my hasn't time changed. Well, our family grew, and so we built on another room to the house. And we liked a fireplace, so we built a nice, beautiful fireplace. And we liked the outside chimney, you know, the brick one that you could build and make a good fire in. And so we built a nice chimney on the outside. It wasn't too long after that that the chimney started doing like the Tower of Pisa. It started a little crack between the chimney and the house. And it got wider, and it got wider, and it got wider. And we had to have a professional to come in, dig deep into the ground, and build a foundation. If I ask you today, what kind of house do you have? If I ask you to describe your house, what would you say? Oh, you'd tell me the color of it. You'd tell me how many bedrooms it has, maybe the floor plan, square feet it has. You'd tell me all about that house but there's probably one thing you wouldn't tell me about, and that is the foundation of that house. If I ask you about your house, you'd tell me all kinds of things. About your house, your life, you'd tell me all kinds of things. I've re- 
remember asking, a man asking, I hope I can tell this, it's been so long ago, asking a young man what he was going to do. He said, well, I'm going to graduate from high school. And the man asked him the question and said, what then? He said, well, I'm going to go to college. I trust to make good grades. What then? Well, after then, I'm going to get me a nice job, making good money and have a good career. What then? He said, well, I hope to find a wonderful wife and, and marry her and, and enjoy a married life. What then? Oh, I want to have children. What then? He said, well, I, I guess I'll have a good retirement and I'll retire from my job and maybe even have a place down at the beach or the lake or somewhere and I'll enjoy it. What then? Well, I guess I'll get old. What then? You die. What then? What then? So what are our plans? What are we building on? What are we thinking about? These two men heard the gospel. They heard about Jesus Christ. They went to church. One heard and did not practice what he heard. One heard and practiced. It's important how we hear, but it's also important if we practice certainly what we hear. We build upon none other than Jesus Christ. We build upon God's word. Matthew 7, 24, we just read it. Jesus said, listen, the words that I speak, he had just finished, or he was finishing, the Sermon on the Mount, one of the greatest writings and masterpieces and teaching in the world. And after he served up this great Sermon on the Mount, he says, what are you going to do with it? After you go to church, Maybe a Sunday morning and hear the preacher preach. Or maybe go to Sunday school and hear the teacher teach. Or Bible study. And we hear about it. We read from the Gospels. We read from Paul's writing. We read from the Word of God old or maybe New Testament. What will we do about it? What will we say about it? What, What should be our action when we walk out the door? What about it? Jesus said, these words that I speak, God's word, the only way to build a strong house is the foundation of obeying and doing what Jesus Christ said. Not only Jesus Christ, not only his word, but our professional faith in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is, I got to read this and I know our time is short but this is, this is one of the greatest writings in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 18. This is Peter's confessing of Jesus Christ. Notice what it says. Jesus, or when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I the son of man am? If I ask you this morning, 
Who do you say Jesus Christ is? He was a good teacher. Who do you say Jesus Christ was and is? Oh my, he, he was a good man. He taught good things. This is what was said to Peter. So they said, some say that you're John the Baptist, some Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then Jesus said to them, listen, listen to this. But who do you say that I am? I love this. Simon Peter answered and said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Not on Peter, but on the saying, on the profession. It's one thing to go to church. It's one thing to be religious, sing in the choir, maybe even pay our tithe. But it's one thing to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and know him as our personal savior and be able to tell someone else. You say, what do I believe about Jesus? You believe that he lived. You believe that he died for all of mankind's sins. And you believe that he rose again and he lives today in hearts and lives and make an intercession for you and I. That profession, that's pretty easy, isn't it? But powerful. Our foundation should be on none other than Jesus Christ. Our foundation should be on none other than the gospel that was preached by the apostle Paul and all the writers and preachers and teachers of the gospel of the Bible. And then our foundation should be that we're not ashamed to give a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether it's to go out on the streets and witness or whether it's to tell our co-worker or whether it's to minister to our own family. That we'll tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. So the rock is what we need to build on. We need to build on him. We'll end this by looking at Roman numeral number three. The houses represents our lives. Each of us is building a life. Each of us will face the difficulties of life. You may be going through some of those storms right now. And it gets rough. Some of them can be painful. The devil will try to discourage you. You may be facing the storm, but I'm here to tell you when your relationship with Christ is right and you build on the rock, nothing will shake that house. Nothing will move that house. Our faith will be put to the test. Notice, number four, we must obey God's word. We must put his words, I need an amen, into practice. Mm. Not only hear it, but do it. How are we responding to the word of God today? Let me ask you that. How will we respond to what we've talked about? How will we respond to Matthew? How will we respond to 1 Corinthians? How will we respond to the word of God? Practice in obedience because 
becomes a solid foundation rather to weather the storms of life. Only the one who acts on the word and continues in it will be blessed. I love what James says in chapter 1 in verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and what? Continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. You want to be blessed? Be obedient, be active, practice, practice, practice the word of God. I'll end with saying this, the lesson is clear. If you expect to weather the storms of life and still remain standing, you'll take Jesus' teaching to heart and put them into practice. The choice is yours. You either accept it or reject it. You say, Pastor, I don't know about all of that stuff. I don't know about the word of God. In fact, I don't even know about serving God and all that religion. Oh, you see, that's the great thing about Christianity. It's not just a religion. It's a reality. It is not just a religion. It's a relationship with a God that is alive with a God that is active in my and your life and when the storms come and the doctors have given you a word that would say hey there's no hope or when someone you love walks off and leaves you or when you've lost your job or when you're dealing with all kind of problems of oppression and depression. And when the battle is in array and you're fighting for your spiritual life, all of a sudden the Spirit of God will come and undergird you and bless you and strengthen you and buoyant you and give you victory. You say, Pastor, you believe all that stuff? Mm Mm-hmm. A man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. And I've experienced it. But I don't just go on my feelings and my experience. I go on what? Thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. You can trust in that. You can believe in that. You can hang your hat on what he said and what he says. And you can trust him no matter how dark it may be, no matter how dark.